welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to preview the World Junior Hockey Championship. Sam Cosentino has covered junior hockey for a while. He's coming on the show to offer his expertise right here on the podcast. World Junior Hockey pre-tournament games next week. Team Canada plays its first game in the tournament on Boxing Day. And we're pleased to be joined by Sportsnet Sam Cosentino to preview all the action. Sam, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, doing well, Christian. Nice, uh, nice to be on. Thanks for having me. So, for you, how weird has the last couple months been? Because normally you'd probably be doing a lot of scouting, a lot of watching the CHL just to see how players look going into this tournament. But these players, all for all ten teams, they haven't really played any meaningful games in many months. Many of them. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, the the Canadian players, a couple of them from the Quebec League that would have had some games. and You know, but you look at the Europeans and most of them, you know, the Czechs have played, the Slovaks have played, the Swedes, the Russians, the Finns, they've all played some number of games, most of them in the pro league. So, yeah, it's a it's a difficult challenge because for Canada, they got to ratchet things up here in a hurry, uh, get up to speed and get rocking and rolling. And that's, uh, you know, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Having said that, they're going to be put to the task really early on here with games against Sweden and Russia to kind of kick off the the pre-tournament activity. How much stock would you normally put in a pre-tournament game and how different is that for this specific tournament? Well, yeah, normally it's just kind of a feel-out process. You know, you want to make sure your systems are down. You want to make sure your line combinations are are intact and you want to get a look at your goalies well it's a lot more important this time around for the lack of having not played so now you're going to be taking a much harder and more serious look at your goaltenders especially because there's some unknown commodities there and you're going to want to get an eye on the competition moving forward um, because you know at some point in the crossover you're going to see likely one of sweden or uh, or finland or, or um, russia and so, yeah, they're way more important now for the simple fact that, you know, the Canadian guys, for the most part, haven't played a ton. But at the same time, this is also one of the most loaded Canadian teams we've seen in a quite some time. Every forward is a first-round pick. Uh, almost every skater is a first-round pick. Where does the depth of this team compare to all the teams Canada has ever put on the ice at the juniors? Yeah, it's funny, you know, because going into the the entire tournament we thought we'd see a lot of what we saw in 05 where players that were potentially going to be in the nhl that were junior aged uh instead of being in the nhl because of a lockout would be in this tournament now it quite hasn't worked out the same way so if you add alexi lafreniere to that mix boy oh boy that's you know 21 first round picks um having said that though this team compares favorably with in terms of depth and on paper and, and first round picks might be the the best assemblance of, of players that's ever been put together. Now, you still have a lot to prove. you got to go out and win your games. You know, um, it's one thing to, you know, to be the champ on paper. It's another thing to be the champ on the ice. So a really, really good team, no doubt. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how it all comes together and, and how the ice is going to be split amongst the, all of those great players. So we mentioned that every forward is a first-round pick. Is the crease a question mark? How would you describe the goaltending situation? I'd call it more of an unknown. I don't think it's a question mark. I think there's three quality goalies there. Each of them is completely different in terms of style. Each of them is completely different in terms of personality. So, 
you know, the team bonding part of it will have really given the coaches an opportunity just to get a sense for what, you know, these guys are like off the ice. And I think that's, that's super important. They don't normally get that time of, you know, time to bond with their players uh, like they have this time around, even in quarantine through zoom calls, so on and so forth. So that's supremely important. But I look at Taylor Gauthier, he's a bigger guy, he's a right catch guy, he's an athletic guy. That's kind of the way he plays. Um, Dylan Grand is more calm, cool, reserved, technical, efficient. And then you have Devin Levi, who's more of that competitive, just do whatever you have to do to stop the puck, who's a little bit on the smaller side, yet all three of them have had levels of success, be it internationally, as Levi and Goche have had. Uh, and then in, in a case of playoffs and, and regular season plays, such as what Dylan Garand has experienced. So there's, there's a lot of variance between the three. And rather than say that they're a step behind, I definitely say that there's just a little bit unknown. But as always with the unknown, it will play itself out and, and someone will emerge as the front runner. Talking with Sam Cosentino of Rogers Sportsnet about the upcoming World Junior Hockey Championship. And we see this a lot, Sam, with uh, Team Canada. There's not always a clear-cut number one. Often it takes till deep into the tournament for a starter to emerge. Is this going to be a by-committee approach for the majority of at least the, the group play portion of the tournament? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the, that's the idea. They want to give everyone a bit of a look here and see who's what and and how they respond to different situations. And, you know, there might be some splitting of games just to see how they respond to that. Um, but no doubt that these pre-tournament games are, are really going to be the, the benchmark to set the tone for the start of the tournament. And as we saw last year, oftentimes the start of the tournament doesn't really look the same way as the end of the tournament. So that, uh, too, will will play itself out. But no doubt someone as Joel Hofer did last year, will we'll kind of cut his way through the pack and, and be that guy that everyone's talking about a year later. People in Winnipeg will be watching, of course, because they're Canadians, but they're also going to be keeping a close eye on Cole Perfetti because it'll be the first time they get to see him play since he was drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. What should Jets fans expect to see from Perfetti at the tournament? Really smart player, offensively gifted guy with the puck on the stick. He's equally as dangerous as a a passer as a shooter, back-to-back 37 goal seasons with the Saginaw spirit. Yet when he has the puck, he, he's got such great creativity and the ability to process the game at such a high speed. Um, you know, he's played with good players in Saginaw, but every player he'll play with here will be a, a top-notch, you know, first-round NHL guy. So I, I'm fascinated to see how that dynamic works. I think the better the players, the better Cole is. Uh, but I think you're going to see a guy who's going to, you know, have an impact on the power play. I think you're going to see a guy who um, is going to find some chemistry with his line mates and, and people are really going to like playing, playing with him because he has no issues at all being a, being a distributor, but yet he knows when the right time is to shoot the puck. So I, I'm a huge Cole Perfetti fan. I spent a lot of time with him, golfed with him over the summer. I've gotten to know the young man. Um, I think he's a great citizen, uh, but he's a great hockey player as well. And how about Winnipeg Ice Captain Peyton Krebs? Awesome. Awesome to see him healthy. He's moving really well from what I saw in the two pre, uh, um, the, the inter-squad games before the, the quarantine. Um, you know, a little bit of bad luck there with the Achilles issue. And I thought he probably should have gone higher than 17th to Vegas uh, in his draft year. But it's nice to see him healthy. I mean, put up monster points last year. I think 60 points in, in 38 games, I want to say, last year with the ice. Um, but again, a really good skater, 
Um, he's got a tireless work ethic, a creative type of player, um, and can be pesky at times. So he's going to be another one that's going to be really fun to watch and you know exciting for, for Winnipeg Ice fans to follow him through this event. Let's look at the other teams in the tournament, Sam. Who is the biggest threat to Canada to prevent them from winning gold again? Well, in the pool, I mean, Finland really, I think, is the only competition there, and that game will be played on, on New Year's Eve. The Finns are always good. They're highly competitive. They play a physical brand. I mean, they've, they've, they're on a really nice run here the last you know five or six years with, with high-end players, and this year is no different. Uh, but when you cross over, you look at the, the pool of death. you got the Czechs that are, that are always in the quarterfinal. you got the Swedes, you know, 52-game preliminary game win streak. You got the U.S., which I think bring the best goaltending tandem to the tournament, uh, with uh, Dustin Wolf and and Spencer Knight. And then you look at the Russians, and same thing with the Russians. It'll be interesting to see if their style changes a little bit with Igor Larionov at the helm. Do you think Sweden though has a bit of a disadvantage this year because of the COVID issues they've had and the fact that they've lost their head coach who won't be able to to come to Canada and a number of other coaches and players? Yeah, well, Thomas Monton, he, he's basically a fixture at the World Juniors. He's a guy you, you almost kind of know through familiarity, having covered the event uh, so much. Um, and so when it comes to, to missing that element, sure, that's, that's going to be really difficult. But they bring, you know, an excellent tandem of goalies. And, and Hugo Allenfeld, who was there last year, was really good. Jesper Wallstad is a guy who's probably going to be a first-rounder. Then they got Bjorn Fod, Broberg, tons of guys on the back end, Suderstrom who are all high uh, NHL picks. Um, you know, they they lost out on, on bringing William Eklund, who's draft eligible this year. He probably would have played their, their second center position. Um, but still some firepower to deal with up front. So they're going to be really good. It'll be interesting to see how they adjust to, to the coach, um, Joel Ronmark, and how much influence Thomas Montan can have basically through Zoom or, or being away back uh, back in Sweden. I think there's a perception for some that the World Juniors matters more to Canada than any other country. Is that true? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, just look at the crowds. That's why the double IHF continuously puts it here because, you know, it makes money through ticket sales. It makes a lot of money through, through television revenue. So I don't think there's any question. But having said that, you know, the U.S. have gravitated towards it, especially in the last, you know, 10, 12 years. The Russians are always very well into it. Um, you know, it meant the world when Sweden had its only gold medal in 2012. The Finns partied like it was 1999, the, you know, oh, the couple yeah. of years they won going back a couple of years ago. So it definitely has meaning to those smaller countries, but probably the most meaning for, for Canadians. And one of the reasons why it's held in Canada so much, as you mentioned, is it's, you know, it makes money. But is that fair that Canada has it every other year, basically? Well, I, I, I'm not sure about this dispersal of funds but i'd like to think that the funds generated when it's hosted in canada go back into some of those lesser programs whether it's you know the austrians the swiss the the germans whatever the case may be i don't know that to be true i'm assuming that at some point it 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 could be true um but overall you know you're trying to you're trying to grow the game and so what better thing to see that if you're in europe and you look on tv and you see you know 19,000 people at a junior game uh, I think that's a pretty good way to, to, to grow the game. Pe- you know, people tend to grav- gravitate to where crowds go. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's important in that regard. Um, but I'm sure there's some countries out there that say it's entirely unfair 
having said that, you know, if you talk to a player from the Czech Republic and the tournament's played there and they don't have big crowds, they'd probably prefer to play against or play in a stadium, a rink that has bigger crowds, even if that crowd goes against them. You know, it just adds to the atmosphere. So, right. again, is it unfair? Yeah, probably is, is held in Canada a little bit too much, but I think there's a lot of benefit to auxiliary and outside of Canada. Um, you know, that, that helps things out. Before I let you go, Sam, what do you think the CF, CHL is going to do over the next five months? Is it, is it going to happen? Ooh, I, I wish I had a some sort of answer or insight for you, but you know, with the WHL pushing back its season to an undetermined date, you know, like the Quebec League having to pause earlier than they wanted to uh, for the first half, and the Ontario League not having started, and, and you know, with a target date of February 4th with some caveats to that, it's it's difficult. I, I, I wish I had some sort of answer for you, but I do think that you can, there are ways to work around it. Um, you may not be able to play a Memorial Cup because it might not be fair to the to the tradition of the cup if you're playing a shortened season with some modified rules having said that you know you want i want to see the kids on the ice i'm sure the kids want to get out on the ice but you have to respect safety so i do think we'll see chl games i think it will be quite the modified schedule where the travel will be mitigated and limited as much as possible and then the playoff format that also will have to be modified in order to be able to uh, you know, crown a league champion. So I think the goal right now would be try and try and figure out three league champions and really focus on that and worry about Memorial Cup. Um, you know, kind of as after the fact, if you will. Sam Cosentino for Rogers Sportsnet. Thanks for your time tonight. Enjoy the World Juniors. Thanks, Christian. Take care. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from seven to nine with me, Christian O'Mel, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?